Hi, everybody. This is Minority Time Podcast. It's your boy, Nerd Boy IV. And with me today, I have my two best friends. Introduce yourselves. Saucy Sally here. And Kay, thanks. And uh, today is our first, uh, like, audience uh, suggested episode. Like, uh, you know, our first little mail that we got. And uh, so today we're going to do like something a little different than what we normally do. We're going to do like a little true crime episode. And we spent uh, about what, two, two or three weeks trying to figure out like what we were comfortable with doing and like trying to figure out something that would be like good, but like kind of light, but also like still in the vein of true crime. And so uh, we decided on like some, uh, some bank robbery and heist. So we're going to do like two little, uh, Two little stories about some some bank robberies and heists. One of them involves uh, a guy and him thinking that he was invisible, and also sort of the which led to like the birth of the um, debatable Dunning Kruger effect. So, Cat mm. might know a little bit more about that. Nope. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'll I, figure something out. We'll figure something out. <laughs> Um, and then the other is about a uh, bank heist from 2020, which in my mind is still last year, but it's not, yes. that's, that's not 2020. It was two years ago. <laughs> Whatever. Time is <laughs> weird. Um, but, you know, yeah. before we get to that, you know, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I guess, some some social media news. Um, the big thing that's going on right now on everybody's feed is, Kanye West, Kim K, and as Kanye likes to call him now, Skeet Davidson. Um, and personally, as somebody who like, I don't know, like I, I always feel very weird about Kanye West um, because like, I, I like the guy's music. I really do. I feel like he's a phenomenal artist when it comes to music. But at the same time, like, I feel like he's like he's he's mentally unwell and uh i've been following him for a while on like instagram because like he doesn't really, he didn't prior to like the past few weeks he didn't really post much um but i guess like as more of like the pete davidson and kim k stuff start to happen and probably with like his netflix stuff about to come out you know some sort of publicity stunt i'm sure is part of that along with like him announcing that his album is coming out like i think next week but it's only available on his like little music device. I'm not sure if you guys saw that. Um, I can't remember what the little thing is called, but it's like, it looks like one of those cheap shower speakers. Um, uh-huh. And it's got, it's, it's, it's like a sphere, sort of like a flattened sphere. Um, and then it has like a cross of lights basically. And like, you can scroll your finger down the lights and basically it controls like the, the tempo, the the different aspects of the audio. So you can like mute out the, the hook or you can mute out the bass or mute out the treble or increase. So it's like a little like handheld music mixing device, but it costs $200. So essentially Kanye is trying to charge $200 to listen to his new album because he says it's not going to be available on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Tidal. Like this is the only way that you got, that you can listen to it. And so like when I saw, like, and I was somewhat, like excited for his album mm-hmm. um because like i listened to donda and like i enjoyed it for the most part but um it didn't have like that 
which I feel like a lot of music, I don't know. I'm of the mindset like I much prefer when out when artists release. Here's a song. Here's a, here's here's a single. Here's a single. Mm-hmm. A third single maybe, and then boom, album. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really like when they just like release an album out of nowhere because like it doesn't you don't get a chance to like form that relationship with songs that I feel like is really vital for like having like that replayability or like that oh man yeah I remember where I was when I heard this song like I was at the Gabriel Iglesias show the other night and they were playing songs from like the 20 teens and it was like you know it it was taking me back to our Hendrix day so it's just like you know because you, you have that memory of songs and like that relationship um, mm-hmm. so like but he didn't do that with Donda. Like there wasn't, I don't think there were any singles. There were no singles. Yeah. No. The most I can't we even heard about it was like off TikTok. Um, right. Like, you know, little snippets here and people dancing to the snippets. Um, and like honestly, some of the snippets were better than the full songs. I hate to say it. Please mm-hmm. don't fight me because I know how you Kanye fans like to tussle. Um, but so when I found out that he's only releasing the album, like either on the website that's dedicated to the music device, which is $200, or like, you know, by by you getting the device, I became immediately less excited because like he tried to paint it as like, oh, like, I'm like, aren't you like kind of a billionaire? And he like, Mm -hmm. the caption that he posted with, it was like, oh, well, you know, it's really important for us artists. Like, you know, we all like, you only get like 12% of like the streaming revenue from like Apple and like Spotify and title and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, you know, that all the hard work that we artists put into it, you know, it's not fair. So it's like, you know, this is going straight to me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so then he posted the revenue sales from the past 24 hours of that device. He made a million dollars in 24 hours after posting that you could only listen to the album on that device. And I'm like, jesus christ like i don't know so that just made me like a lot less excited yeah Uh, because it's almost like it's kind of exclusionary too like i feel like as an artist you would want your art to be you know heard and and seen and so when you're charging your your fans essentially two hundred dollars for you know this this product basically because at this point it's not even the album itself it's the product that he's you know pushing and stuff um like yeah it just you know it it keeps you know it keeps fans from listening to your music and like and I get you know wanting you know art for artists to make a you know not a living wage but to make you know, as to get, you know, make money on their, on their art form. Like I know the whole thing going with the whole Joe Rogan and Spotify and artists pulling their music, music from, you know, the platform because they're literally getting cents on the dollar per play, you know, and meanwhile, you know, they pay Joe Rogan, you know, hundred million dollars with, you know, with the money that they probably, you know, made from, you know, so other large. artists and their and their music. So I, you know, I, I I get that, but I, you know, I think I think maybe he could have maybe not charged two hundred for yeah. you know for this device or put it on title or you know right. something like you know hell even fifty dollars you know right yeah but two hundred is just like a little excessive but you yeah. know he ended up making what a million dollars in twenty four hours million dollars in like twenty four hours yeah. So, you know, people were buying it, yeah. you know, um, and like, 
even you know not to cut you off but like to go back to like what you're saying like even like the idea of like him even making it like where it's like oh this is like a cd only album like you gotta buy a cd to listen mm-hmm. to the album like it's not 200 dollars. like i'd be hard pressed to find a fucking cd player mm-hmm. but you know that would at least be kind of like fun you know right like oh, like oh if i really want to listen to this i gotta find a cd player and like you know like mm-hmm. but 200 dollars for a device that like is so small like and i'm not sure if like you know our listeners are no are aware of like the device on this but it kind of reminds us of reminds me of like a little shower speaker like a five dollar shower speaker with lights on it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and then, and is this something that you know people would be able to use for other music or is this just like literally just you know just his album that's on like, there I'm not sure exactly how like it works. I've only seen like videos of it like on Instagram and TikTok, but I've seen people like put other songs on there and like mute out the bass or like, you know, you know, the the different mm-hmm. aspects of the audio, like the chorus or the hook and like stuff like that. So it gives you that ability, but and it mm-hmm. looks kind of cool, like a little cool toy, but like I don't understand like the full uh I mean, and I'm not like a a music producer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand the full scope and like uniqueness of that device but um yeah. yeah and I mean you know aside from that he's been posting so much about like Kim and uh Pete and like Pete's secret relationship with Hillary Clinton and that is like such a random connection you know <sighs> yeah I you know the the whole thing just kind of you know, just watching it all, it's, I mean, when you talk about a train wreck, you know, and like not being able to, to stop it, you know, and, you know, I know a lot of people like feel a certain way about, you know, Kim K and, and, you know, even with her, uh, I think she was on the cover of Vogue, and so people were having like backlash of that, but, you know, that aside, you know, having to, you know, deal with her, you know, her husband's or ex-husband's illness. And, you know, it's not only affecting her life, but it's, you know, affecting her kid's life, you know, and, and it's like, how can you explain this stuff, you know, away? Um, And like, I'd never, I, like, I knew, I knew that people said that Kanye was bipolar, or that he was, but I didn't know that, like Kim had actually come out and posted that he was like, I think this was after the rant that he did when he was running for president and, mm-hmm. you know, talked about the whole, you know, aborting, almost aborting North and, you know, he's crying on stage and stuff. Oh, and so, about that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you know, Kim, you know, got on Instagram or whatever platform and just said, you know, you know, you know, Kanye is bipolar and, you know, we're, you know, if anybody knows, you know, knows this, that it is difficult and it's an, and it's an illness that not only affects the person, but affects, you know, those around them when it's not treated. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> and I uh, did, you know, kind of mention this before too, before we started about, about the whole treatment thing and how somebody at that level, that magnitude of, you know, stardom, not, you know, not want not want help or not accepting you know accepting treatment or accepting that he even is bipolar and you know he could in his mind you know I think the documentary that I haven't seen it but they call it they call it genius Mm -hmm. um and so with bipolar disorder you know 
there is kind of this genius factor that people with bipolar tend to to believe that they are you know they have this sense of um grandiosity uh, there you go thank you <laughs> yeah and um and there could be some truth in that but it's like a lot of times it's just you know it's it's something that they build up in you know in their mind and these connections that he's you know making that are seemingly random in his mind you know that's it's it's logical you know right um so it's just it's just really sad to it to is. just see it all it but, is yeah Especially. but i think go ahead oh i was going to say about what you mentioned earlier about his instagram post about being in all caps and stuff yeah yeah, yeah it, it's just it's gotten just hard to watch um to the point where like i just had to stop unfollowing kanye after like you know maybe a couple of years of following him and mm-hmm. i was like yeah this is this is hard to watch man because it's like watching like a train wreck but like you're not sure if the train wreck is for like publicity like you know the train is like not well like the train is not very well put together so it's like mm. Yeah, I'm just going to turn away because it's like, you know, I, we were talking about this before we started recording the show. But like, I feel like Kanye's issue is that like, you know, he doesn't have anybody around him telling him no. And like probably the people that were able to tell him no or, you know, had, you know, the platform to tell him no. He's like, you know, gotten rid of them, essentially, like, you know, cut them off. Like, I feel like a lot of that happened, um, like how you were bringing up the during like his presidential campaign. Like, I'm sure there were many people who are like, you know, Kanye, what are you doing? You shouldn't do this. And like, I feel like that's probably when like a large amount of people sort of like, you know, got cut off um, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. him. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Have y'all ever like seen the, I guess it was a Twitter or Twitter, Twitter <laughs> thread that I saw, I don't know, I guess a week ago. And I guess somebody had said like, oh, Kanye just needs a black woman and like that'll fix all of this. Mm-hmm. And basically like without going into the whole thread, it was just basically like, don't put that on black women to, yeah. to be like the person to heal or whatever like stuff that he has going on. And I kind of, it's just funny to me that that is said because like I know um, Saucy Sally mentioned before like Kim Kardashian being on Vogue. And I think the real issue is that like they had a line in there where it says like Kim Kardashian channeling her inner black woman. Kim Kardashian is not black. Right. <laughs> that was what the issue was. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't know that that, that line was in there. I'm not sure. I'm not surprised. Right. Yeah, I don't know if it was the Vogue one or something else, but it was, there was a whatever thing she did. It was said Kim Kardashian channeling her inner black woman. It was like, she's not black. Yeah. Don't do that. Not especially during, her, but she's not right. black. Right. Especially during Black History Month. Let's right. not do that. Black History yeah. Month. Yeah. That was like a big thing. They were like, out of all the months, like, yeah, okay, she's on the March issue, but it's coming out a month early. And yeah. so, like, you could have, again, I'm talking about reading the room, you right. know, and like really, you know, analyzing the situation, probably saying, you know, actually, it is Black History Month, so maybe we should push this itch issue one more month. Get like somebody, you know, get yeah. get another person, get another actress, a black, you know, a black woman yeah. to actually, you know, be on the cover. And so, and the whole thing with, you know, black fishing and you know, basically how the Kardashians have made their, you know, made their fortune, yeah, you know, is by commodifying, you know, uh, 
black aesthetics yeah um and and just and then yeah so it's just very um just troubling and so uh yeah yeah but i but yeah i just i mean i want to when you talk about like a fly on the wall i want to i just want to know like what's like what's going on in you know kanye's world that you know that you know that he's going you know that he's on these rants and it's just like and when you're when you're on that track when that train is on that track it's hard to get off you yeah. know it's and it's hard to, to to stop um and you know these are you know i don't think we've said it but i he's essentially having these manic episodes right where he's just you know on this high intensity level on this sky high you know high basically and you feel you know you feel invincible you feel you know you feel godlike even you mm-hmm. know like you feel like nothing can um like nothing can happen to you and um and so that's you know that's what's happening and it's just you know it's just sad that nobody in his in his t- on his team is able to say Kanye, you need to go to the hospital. Kanye, you know, give me, give me your damn phone. You know, right? Like and that's like, yes, exactly. That like, okay, yeah. If you do want to like see your kids, if you do want to see North and Chicago and whatever the rest of his kids are called, um, like you need to like, like this is the clear conditions of it. Like you need to like get treatment. You need to get help. You need to like do X, Y, Z, and then maybe. Kim will let you see the kids like mm-hmm. so it's like I mean because it's like I hate the fact that like because of like the absurdity of everything he's doing very publicly like it's forced me to like align myself with like Kim Kardashian I'm like look what you've done you've made <laughs> me defend Kim Kardashian that <laughs> is unforgivable that, that alone I'm like everyone <sighs> You know, you guys know how much I hate Kim Kardashian and the entire family. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I don't know, but all the all the uh, the good good feelings and vibes to you know to her and her kids and and to Kanye most of all. You know, it's um, because even though he probably feels you know invincible or whatever, you know, he's he's I know he's you know, struggling himself, you know, and he, you know, he probably, I mean, you know, your mind at that point is just, is just moving so fast and you're, you know, you're jumping from one thing to the next. And so even though he might be, you know, had three or four days without sleeping and stuff, it's like your brain is worn the fuck out because you're, you know, just, you know, on this, on this roller coaster. And so I just, I just, like, I just want to give him a hug, really, you know, and just like, say, you know, like, like, it's going to be okay. Like, it's, you're not, you know, a bad person for being bipolar. You're not, you know, you're not weak for taking, you know, seeking treatment, taking medication. Um, This is, you know, this person that you are when you're, when you're manic, you know, this is, this is not really you. Yes. You're still a genius. Yes. You do still have talent, you know, that we're, you know, that's not being taken away by, you know, getting help, 
you know, you're not going to, you, you're not going to lose that. Right. If anything, you're going to be able to, to channel that more. And like, even I noticed on the, at the Super Bowl, you know, when he was with uh, Northwest and mm-hmm. one of his other kids, he just seemed, you know, I mean, just off, you know, like he wasn't really present, like he was acting, mm-hmm. you know, like, like putting on a, a show and he's just, you know, like it almost seems like he's out of his body, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just, yeah, I, you know, don't, you know, I don't want anything bad to happen to him. I don't want him to do anything that, you know, it's going to be irreversible. You know, what if, you know, um, like, you know, something does happen to Pete, you know, or, mm. you know, he, you know, shows up on somebody's doorstep and, you know, and yeah. So <sighs> it's just tough. It's really, really tough. It is. And this is something that's been going on for, you know, probably decades even you know like a decade or plus yeah um how long ago did his mom die it was like after his first album okay so like 10 plus 10 plus years ago years ago yeah um you like you were about to say something earlier Um, i don't remember what it was but i'll throw something else in there i think also what's that now too is that a lot of other celebrities are kind of capitalizing off of this Mm. so like there was and first of all i'm not a big fan of soldier boy in the first place but soldier boy like was calling out kanye about like oh you finna let skeet do you like that and all that kind of stuff and then um I do really like Snoop Dogg, but I was like, mm, we should probably just like let Kanye be a train wreck by himself and not comment on it publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I guess uh, I saw this on the Shade Room. It was like Drake's song. Um, why can't I remember the name of that song? But it's like the Kiki, Do You Love Me? Are You Writing? Yeah. That apparently that was, yeah. And like Snoop Dogg was like, oh, that was about Kevin, like made this whole video talking about it and saying like, oh, Kanye, that's why you mad at Drake. That's why y'all had this big beef and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm just like, I get that this is like popular in the news and like people want to use it to kind of like boost themselves a little bit or to like even us just even talking about it it's like it's a hot topic that's like everybody kind of maybe feels the need to comment on but I'm just like I feel like this just adds like fuel to the fire yeah you're right it's like it's one of those things where it's like you're like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't it's like it's it's like it's a fire that's so bright that you can't like ignore it and it's just like oh god it's like the like the 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 heat of it is like seeping out into like every aspect of like you know Mm. just everything because i just wonder too like the people around him like i know it's like we were saying like nobody's there to like tell him no but also do they want to say no because at the end of the day they're also capitalizing off of this too Mm -hmm. that is true Mm -hmm. like and then there was a there was the screen cap that like Kanye posted about like I think it was like one of Kim's cousins had like um like DM'd him like oh are you okay yay and blah 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 and then he's like yeah I'm good and then all of a sudden the conversation switched like so uh, I'm looking to buy some Yeezys can you help me out and it's like that this is not the time for that <laughs> so no. it's just like you know further uh reasons why that family's garbage but um speaking of garbage i think it's a good segue into uh some uh some true crime 
Um, yes, indeed. Yeah, I think what we'll do is, you know, we'll cover these two stories and then towards the end, we'll like, just talk about how we feel about true crime and just like the genre and stuff like that. How's that sound? Work? Yeah, I think it'd be good. good. Works for me. Okay, so oh, got your popcorn ready. You know, hopefully I uh, don't uh, butcher this story too, too badly. But um, <laughs> this first story takes place in pittsburgh and i'm assuming that's in pennsylvania i am not a geographist or a map maker or a top topology person whatever it's it's called. in it's in pennsylvania thank you thank you um, <laughs> and it's a cartographer so. thank you see You're so smart so smart but um this takes place in 1995 when we were all wee babies and uh april 19th 1995 and this is about a guy named macarthur wheeler now macarthur wheeler is a white guy five foot six 270 pounds and you know pretty hard to miss and so on this day this guy decided to rob not one but two banks in pittsburgh in broad fucking daylight so it's like okay you you either got to have a plan or you're really fucking stupid you can guess which one it is if we're talking about him. Um, he wore absolutely no mask. And the reasoning behind this is, is the real fucking kicker. And I was like, yeah, I gotta, we gotta talk about this. <laughs> the reason why he wore no mask is, I, I want to build this up nicely. Are you guys familiar with like invisible ink, essentially? The, the mm-hmm. concept of like invisible ink. Mm-hmm. One of the formulas for invisible ink involves using apparently lemon juice. So he didn't rub lemon juice all over himself. He rubbed lemon juice all over his fucking face. Oh my gosh. No mask, just <laughs> lemon juice, just the real good puckered look, right? And he's holding the gun to the teller. He somehow got the money, dipped out, you know, after robbing two banks. And it wasn't long because he wore no mask before, you know they caught him you know they they mm-hmm. put the stuff up they put his picture up on the news got a tip next thing you know the motherfucker's in jail and as the police are interrogating him what he says to them is absurd but he says but i wore the juice <laughs> but i wore the juice and so they test him for drugs they test him for alcohol Motherfuckers coming back clean. I'm talking clean as a fucking whistle. But the for whatever reason, he was under the the idea that like, if if it's good enough for paper, it's good enough for my face. Mm-mm-mm. And I will give him credit. He shittily tested this theory of his um, by rubbing lemon juice on his face at home first taking a picture with a polaroid camera for whatever reason for whatever reason his face did not appear on the polaroid camera oh my god not sure how that happened and it's still unclear as to how that (laughs) that happened maybe he wasn't pointing it at his face maybe yeah yeah maybe (laughs) some cut off like i have no idea like i couldn't find any pictures of like his polaroid um but you know, if we do, we can post them to the uh, the Instagram page or something. But um, but yeah. So 
this the the most interesting thing about this story aside from like this motherfucker thinking that he was invisible is that this is what led to the um psychology concept of like the dunning kruger effect and um that's basically um and it was this effect was founded by justin kruger and david dunning which that lad that that sounds a little too close to david duke is gives off that uh that vibe but anyway unrelated um basically the this concept states that essentially that people that aren't intelligent think that they know more than they actually do um that's like that's pretty much like the the the, the tldr version of that and uh i think since then since 1996 i want to say 99 somewhere in there before the 2000s is when like you know the concept was formed and like Mm -hmm. since then it's kind of been given like uh an asterisk like that's not really a a thing and it's hard to like sort of prove and blah blah Mm -hmm. blah but yeah that's uh that's pretty much that entire story it's just really absurd nobody got hurt but just the idea that this man really thought that like him rubbing lemon juice on his face Mm -hmm. was going to make him invisible yes yes when when you first said the story about this guy who was like invisible i was like i was like is harry potter was harry potter out by that time maybe he read the first book and maybe he thought you know he had like he could put on an invisibility cloak and he was just go in and 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 rob this place um and like again like talking about um you know just like absurdist right you know of like this is like this is gonna this is gonna make me invisible this is you know first of all are there any stories in history about invisible people like i have there, i know like what we one? haven't been able to see him to know sarah i mean <laughs> Sally. the real the real invisible people they're too good at it too we can't write it down because we can't see them you know, maybe he forgot to do something to the lemon. Maybe there was like a critical step that he had to do to the lemon juice in order for him to be invisible. Yeah. I think we should definitely test this out, guys. I we think should. we should, you know, maybe we need to microwave the lemon right. in order for the juice to to have its, you know, full effect. Boil but, it. No, cut the, I'm not cut putting the, hot oh. lemon juice in my face. <laughs> <laughs> not committed to the science you know uh, you know and and like having lemon juice on your face though is i mean it's gotta burn you yeah, know like how did he like how was he able out. to like do that you know because like, like the weirdest thing is like there's a way for him to have used this lemon to get away with the heights you just go around squirting the lemon juice in people's eyes like <laughs> put that shit in a super soaker <laughs> would have been a better strategy yes <laughs> And, you know, I, did he tell like the teller I'm invisible? Like you can't see me. I don't think like, he, he did, did the what, what the John the, Cena. No, you can't see me. You can't see me. <laughs> also, wouldn't he have thought like if his face was truly invisible? Like if somebody at a bank saw a person come in with no face, right, and would just be completely calm, just like, what can I do for you, sir? How can I help you today? Right. And no, no. I, uh, I don't think that he even had those critical skills. I want to know mm-hmm. who told this man, like, that, 
because he doesn't strike me as the type of person that would just naturally know that like oh yes lemon juice is used in invisible ink and if it's good for ink it's good for my face and i can be invisible like huh excuse Mm -hmm. me yeah yeah but um, i'm like again like who you know like you know i'm wondering if he told this to somebody like maybe like they were having like a kickback and they were maybe they were discussing invisible ink and they came up with you know he was throwing you know kicking the books or whatever and said i wonder if i put lemon juice on my face i'll be invisible and you know people just looking at him like yeah yeah you should try it yeah try to see see you know see what happens yeah really great idea (laughs) um yeah so moving on from a idiot criminal to one that is pretty damn smart if i gotta say so myself this case comes from us from the grand old year of 2020 Mm-hmm. that was just yesterday yeah just yesterday basically <laughs> um and this is involving not a bank heist but an art heist and this took place at the singer laren museum in the netherlands where thieves walked off with a priceless 1884 van gogh called the parsonage garden at noonan in spring now this this painting we'll we'll probably we'll post this to the ig i think it'll be a good little slideshow for like us to have like all the stuff but like it's a vincent van gogh painting um and like to just sort of just briefly briefly describe it um for our listeners it is essentially a think of like a dreary spring okay lots of dark greens lots of orange bushes um like an overcast sky with like this cathedral church in the background and then in the forefront of the painting you have this i'm assuming it's a man in like dark cloak like clothing with some sticks around him with a path that's kind of leading to this church that's off in the distance um I don't know how they choose which paintings are perfect and worth millions. I feel like I could do this shit in my sleep. <laughs> right, right. <But laughs> it's not about me. This is about Van Gogh. <laughs> um, but anyway, a little history about the museum itself. Um, you know, it's in the Netherlands and it was founded by a William and a Anna Singer, who came to Paris from America in 1901. Eventually, William passed away, and his widow, their little home-style villa, she expanded it into, like, a full-blown museum and a theater. And the Singer Laren, or Lauren, uh, museum came to be in 1956. So, skip, you know, 50 60 years to the year of 2020 we're in COVID, and all the little fun shit has been shut down including you know as i'm sure many of you know you know both of you know museums mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the most confusing part about this whole 
this whole heist is that you know when i was reading about this i'm thinking like oh this motherfucker like descended from the ceiling Catwoman style <laughs> and like cut some holes and some lasers no this person used a fucking sledgehammer to break into the museum wow yeah and the alarms didn't go off or like they did and he was just that they, quick apparently they the alarms apparently kind of sort of went off and that's been the the weird thing that i've been having some trouble finding is like the level of security at this um at this museum and so like um what i'm about to read is coming from tridentmanor.com and um so this is just kind of talking about the 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 title of this article is like could the Singularan burglary, however the fuck you pronounce that word, have been uh, prevented? And basically, this article is going into um, some detail about how a sledgehammer was used to breach the external and internal reinforced glass doors. Wow. So he was pretty strong then for pretty to strong. be able yeah. to like break through that. Right. And there is a video also. So maybe we can somehow figure out how to post that also. But, um, so they're trying to like in this article they're just they're trying to examine how this guy or girl we don't know went about um you know knowing to do these things and they said it was carried out by a single individual so one person who had to have known advanced knowledge about how the museum security even went Mm -hmm. like the what the doors were made of where they were how easy it would have been to like grab this painting there's like so much stuff that had to have gone into planning this that there's no way that this was just like a random act Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and like the idea of him using a sledgehammer was like absurd because by Mm -hmm. him doing that it it i think they're saying like it took a few minutes for him Mm -hmm. to get in and out um and then so they're talking about like there's there, as the article says, there are several interventions by which default would have deterred, delayed, or even prevented the attack using this methodology. And here's the first one. Um, so also, I think it's important to note that this painting did not belong to the Netherlands Museum. It belonged to a, this was loaned to them by the Dutch. Mm-hmm. This wasn't even their painting the guy stolen, which is mm-hmm. even more guilty and like fucked up yeah yeah but um so what they're saying is that um the lenders themselves share a degree of responsibility for the attack as they should have reviewed the security measures that existed at the museum that they lent you know lent the painting to mm-hmm. done that they could have identified the glass doors were always vulnerable to attack and provoke you know just mm-hmm. um they're saying that the museum should have known um and let's see what else i want to hear more about like they're talking about like robust barriers but like i'm I'm sure they're not want to give too much detail because they don't want people to like be able to go and try it again yeah try again (laughs) i'm Um, wondering like when he gets to the painting like does he is he carrying it and like running with the painting like down the street you know i have this image in my head of like he's get he gets to the painting he pulls it off of the wall and like or sticks it underneath his arm as he like you know runs away or gets in the getaway car 
Right. Um, and like, is this like a one person, like, and is this like a one person job or does he have somebody who's in the getaway car, you know? Right. So I'm watching the video now and the video that they have posted is 42 seconds. You see him smash through the initial glass. He goes through mm-hmm. and he's smashing some other glass. Um, and he's like, he's putting in work. This isn't like a one swing and done sort of job. He's like, he's boom, 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 boom. And then the glass finally gives away. But what they say is that he got away on a motorbike. Uh-huh. So, you know, and he just goes in. You watch him go in. He grabs the painting, like, and he's just walking out. Well, running out with it underneath his arm. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. To me, that kind of feels like an inside job for somebody to like, because the areas that you see him walking through, these, this doesn't appear to be like the, the regular accessible parts of like the museum. This seems mm-hmm. like this is like back where like they, you know, they're like dusting off like the paintings and like touching them up, you know, before mm-hmm. they even put them on display. Like just judging mm-hmm. by like the counters and like the shelves and stuff like that. It just doesn't seem like a regular like, you know, when you're walking through like, you know, rubbing your chin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that part of a museum. Mm-hmm. But I've also never been to the Netherlands. Maybe this is how all the museums look. But um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so like, I don't know, like, that's just so interesting to me, because like, when you hear stuff like that about like, you know, banks being robbed, or, you know, mm-hmm. museums being heisted, it's just like, damn, that shit sounds kind of easy. Like, I know, like, why didn't I think of us? Why didn't I think know? of that? And so like, <laughs> this guy's out here with the, you know, multi teen dollar, you know, tens of tens of millions of dollars worth of a painting. And so it's like, what do people even do with that? Like, how would you even? How would you sell that? How would you sell that? Yeah, black like, market. Right back. All right. Let's say the, I, I stole the painting right now, which I did in FBI and NSA. Whoever's listening, you know, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's say I steal that painting right now. How would I even know to like? Who 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 could I possibly talk to? Me, a regular person, which I'm sure regular people obviously don't steal stuff but like how do you even know to like mm-hmm. all right this is who i need to talk to to sell this on the black market to like to the the black market auctions and shit like that like that's so interesting to me right that and we talk about like your circle like who's in your circle that yeah can help you do that right you know? and who can you trust enough to like ask around like hmm you know like to, to not snitch on you because like mm-hmm. i would i feel like i would be so nervous to have mm-hmm. something like that in my place yep like yep. or do you just steal it and you just hang it up in your your own place <laughs> he's like i really wanted i've always wanted a van gogh original yeah. now i got it you know <laughs> right uh, uh, um. maybe too they go on like what do they call it the dark web too maybe he yeah. posts like he posts a picture and like it's like a craigslist but on the dark web of you know of of paintings and other things which the dark web is i mean i'm i'm still a little confused about it i don't plan to go on it uh because apparently it's pretty dangerous yeah but uh, <laughs> but uh maybe there's you know maybe that's where he has his you know his connections yeah and they never found him they never found him they never found it, him. wow and like that's the craziest thing it's like you know just the fact that like this guy literally got away with it as far as we know like like he got away with it and it's like yeah um he made this shit look easy like just having a sledgehammer and like of course he did it during covid so it's like 
the timing of it was genius. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it was and a- maybe that's like because it was in COVID. As far as like the 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 museum was concerned, maybe they're like, well, the museum is you know it's closed. Maybe they didn't have you know that much security or they didn't think that they needed you know extra level of security because you know it was closed um didn't anticipate people to just you know come up and bust through the door there um but it's just like it kind of like it reminds me of um yeah just like just absurdist you know like um and it's just like again if that's what we had to do like that's all i had to do was just walk up to the door then say less (laughs) right and it's like it's that absurdity in the other direction like you know where it's like with the first story it was about like the absurdity of like the the suspect Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. one's like the absurdity of like the security company that was responsible for like you know making sure that the museum didn't easily get heisted like Mm -hmm. exactly two different go ahead two different stories yeah well and i was just gonna say too like i've seen you know uh there's movies and stuff where you they talk about like the lasers that are like there and you gotta like climb through or like the pressure those, sensors on the floor yes yes it's like where was all that right <laughs> where's all the james bond shit um what were you about to say k thanks um okay so you said they never found him well as of with the the article that i just read was from 2021 is there okay, a what what month uh i think it's at march let me see oh yeah there's been an update oh so it says dutch man was sentenced to eight years in prison for stealing paintings by vincent van gogh and some other painting by franz halls oh um both of the paintings still remain missing shocker oh and also what's interesting too is that is the third time that that piece of artwork has been stolen apparently um the painting even though it is worth like 10 million or something it was insured for 16 or no i'm sorry 18.7 okay but i mean what do you do with that money like yeah it's insured but it's like an irreplaceable piece of art essentially honestly i wouldn't be surprised if he was just like hired out by some like rich person yeah to be like hey sell this painting for me and then it's just circulating someplace else to Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think he did it of his own accord i could see definitely see him being like a hired hand so to speak and with him only getting like eight years like we've heard of people getting more time well that's also here in america but like getting more time for like doing less like Mm -hmm. stealing baby formula and Mm-hmm. you know shit like that so yeah and it was the third time that that particular painting was right. being stolen so i'm like mm, somebody really wants that painting right no and you'd think like you know after what would have happened what happened the first two times that they would have like done extra extra security right. on it like or maybe not even have it up on the wall to begin with you know maybe yeah. have it in storage somewhere where Out it's like vault. secured yeah, yeah. And then for it to also be like a Dutch, for for it to be like a a painting on land, like, you know, those being lended out, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. damn. Like, Like, that's like, we were watching for that. Right. Yeah. 
like you think that you watch like extra close okay yeah this isn't ours guys so let's treat it nice mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. and apparently I'm, he stole other paintings too. yeah like, yeah was, yeah the a whole like, other painting that i that was not mentioned in the two articles that yeah. i read um, i'm just like trying to imagine him walking through the gap walking through the museum with these paintings like under his arm it's like does he is he carrying them in his hand does he have them underneath you know under each arm and he's just like walking through or does he have a does he have a cart that he's like loading the paintings up and is like pushing them out the door into the right. van like yeah know? it looked like he had it like under his arm um mm-hmm. like and now that i like when i kind of look back it looked like he had like one frame one under his arm and then like a rolled up one in that same hand mm-hmm. well I, I wonder too like since it was like during the pandemic and lockdown like that museum probably didn't really have that much staff there in the first place yeah because it's like everybody was at home and so they weren't expecting people to come in in the first place so it was just like perfect opportunity yeah mm-hmm. but i don't know like the that shit just looked too easy like i mean well i guess he didn't really get away with it but you know i'm sure he probably got paid handsomely from whoever like you know like you said um you know hired him out to do the job um so yeah Uh -uh. well he's uh he's gonna be gone for a little while so yeah i hope uh I hope he put that that money in a safe spot. This is a secured offshore account. Yeah. I mean, eight years for eighteen million dollars. I right. might do it. Not <laughs> like, right. I might do it. Yeah. <laughs> like you get free health care, free housing for eight years. All you gotta do is like just kind of not get beat up. Yeah. Like, you get your meals, three meals a day. Right. You gotta worry about cooking. Recreation time. Right. <laughs> then you get out and you're a millionaire. Right. i'm fine with that yeah, yeah. nice little investment almost you know mm-hmm. people go to the the doctor in school for longer <laughs> right right but, uh, this kind of reminds me a little bit about the the whole nft bubble too yeah. of like these um you know these images or these like clips artwork videos that right. are like people are you know trying to get their their hands on then they're like worth millions of dollars for you know what was that one cat the the rainbow cat one yeah the nine cat yeah yeah i to be honest i i don't know how nfts work but i know that it yeah it's like i was talking to like one of our uh, mutual friends um maybe like a week week and a half ago about like why i'm like against nfts um and it's just because like the idea of like people being able to like sort of like with crypto i understand like with like you know bitcoin and ethereum and um dogecoin like i kind of understand those a little bit more because it's like okay here you have thousands of people behind one type of like money one type of coin like pumping money into it but like with the nft specifically like i don't see them having value because it's like anybody can make one Mm -hmm. like anybody can that's like giving everybody like the ability to make their own dollar like okay yeah you can make your own uh, saucy sally dollars or your k thing bucks Mm -hmm. or your nerd boy you know coins Mm -hmm. and it's like 
I feel like that's just that's kind of like just basic um, economics that we learn about, like oversaturation, mm-hmm, about like mm-hmm. things not having value when like every when when you can basically just you know print your own money endlessly, like it it kind of just loses value really quick. So like the fact that like any of us could essentially just go online, post a selfie, and make it into an NFT. Mm-hmm. Like, and sell that. Yeah, and like so, it's so it's like, but so when you have like rich people specifically, and I think I was kind of talking about this in the group chat about like how rich people, um, in the past, you know, and this kind of ties into the previous story about like rich people using artwork specifically as a way to like, as like untouchable funds. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, I think I heard somebody explain is like okay I would commission K thanks ten thousand dollars to make me a painting, and then you know you get the receipts and the papers drawn up of like this painting is worth ten thousand dollars right, and um, basically like K thanks would just kind of just give me ten thousand dollars back or something like that you know so it's like essentially like you kind of it's like fake inflation or something like mm-hmm. that it, it's it the, the, the idea i don't know maybe we'll bring on like some sort of like nft bro or some sort of crypto <laughs> guru well i was gonna say it'd be like okay you're a rich person yeah. you give me ten thousand dollars to make i'm some artist whoever to make the yeah. painting and then like saucy sally is like your appraiser friend right and so then you get your appraiser friend to be like hey okay thanks made this painting saucy sally appraise it she inflates the appraisal like out the ass basically and then you as rich person now get painting back and you can sell it for like however much it's appraised or for however much like the bidding goes because that's it rich people like to have other things that people don't have and then this should drive up the price further and then so like let's say i don't know somebody else gets it for like let's say sally um appraised it for like 10 million Mm -hmm. but then like with bidding auctioning whatever it goes for like 12 million and then so other rich person has it and then they can give it out and even like not give it out but like rent it basically or like let museums and borrow it Mm -hmm. and then they don't even have to pay taxes on that because it's like oh philanthropic like whatever giving Mm -hmm. and then because the painting is now being seen all these different museums and all that kind of stuff like it still goes up in price more and more and more and then that rich person gets it back and then, like, let's say eventually that rich person dies, like they could give it on to their kids and they don't have to pay taxes or any like estate, anything. And they just give it to their kids. And now it's like you took something that was 10,000, like literally just took $10,000 to make. And now it's probably worth like 18 million or something. Wow. Yeah. And you don't have to pay any taxes on it. <laughs> it's like just a rich people loophole. Thank you so much for explaining that. Like I had it in my head, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. fucked it up getting it out. It was okay. Good. <laughs> but i'm glad that you knew what i was talking about and that you explained it so fucking well because like yes that's exactly and that's like the absurdity of like nfts like that's basically what nfts are kind of doing and it's like they only work in those rich circles like they don't work for the everyday person like mm-hmm. yeah it just it just doesn't it's like guys, a, you, you you don't want to make an nft we can make one right now guys so we were like right. one step away from a million dollars right yeah <laughs> but um i saw this it, it's funny that you say that about like us making one because like i saw this girl on tiktok like she walked through 
you know, the process of making like an NFT. And like she ended up selling the one that she made, like really shitty one for like four thousand dollars. But she was like, it's crypto money. And like, I don't really understand how like I'm supposed to convert that to cash. If I can convert it to cash, I'm just like, damn. Hmm. Yeah. Four thousand dollars is a tuition payment for me. So yeah. okay. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly. shit done money. That's like, okay, I'm good for a minute kind of money. <laughs> exactly exactly like oh i can you know upgrade my rv or i can like get some electricity or i can uh like pay off my my debt right yeah man i swear that thing is like a ball and chain yeah but But, yeah that's yeah it's crazy the uh the that's 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 weird and then like another you know just kind of circling back to like true crime in general um I'm not sure how you guys feel about it, but like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's, I feel like there's a lot of people who's like online personas, like very much like praiseworthy of like criminals in true crime. Like, you know, you have the the people that like, even back in the day before, you know, podcasts and stuff like that were like, oh my God, Ted Bundy was so handsome. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so, and I'd always heard about him. Um, through word of mouth or like through podcast and like when i finally saw what the man look like mm-hmm. like maybe i just don't understand the female gaze but this motherfucker's ugly like <laughs> right right special like they were making him sound like he's fucking leonardo dicaprio brad pitt melded together to this perfect specimen of a man about, what just an average yeah. average looking guy yeah. I think he was just really charismatic and women tend to like dudes who are charismatic or confident. It's like, oh, like if he feels like he's confident and yeah. good looking and all the stuff he must, it's like a weird thing. But yeah. And like he got like love letters and stuff when he yeah. was in prison and stuff from like all these, which that's like another thing too of like people of like women who are, what do they call the people who are women who are like sending love letters to uh, like inmates and stuff. It you know but and like i think i remember seeing the the movie with um uh zach efron i can't remember what mm. the movie was called but there was he had a lover who basically uh like co- conceived a child while he was in prison like they got a guard or somebody to to let them have like their moment or whatever and it's just like are you serious? Like you're, you're on trial for murder and like multiple murders and you're, you know, able to, to even do that. Um, but yeah, it goes to the, the charisma and stuff. And, and for sure, like there is a romanticization of, uh, of true crime. Like, I think like the most prominent one, when everybody knows is Bonnie and Clyde and, you know, how they're, like two lovers, you know, against the world and, um, you know, making these highs together. Even yesterday, I finished up this series called um, The One Land and it's on, um, it's on Netflix. It has some cheesy moments, but it's, it's good for what it is, I will say. Um, And there was a character in there who, you know, there was the character was her and her boyfriend 
were about to like rob a bank and like they're just like you know making out and they're like this is so fucking exciting like I love you so much and you know this is you know gonna be great and so they go and rob this you know bank together and again that you know romanticization of you know having these heists as you know as duos and um, me against the wall type shit you know and it's just like really like that's you know we really really shouldn't be doing that but you know it makes for good movies makes for good shows and good stories even and it's like also seeing like the sort of like contrast from like where we are like now versus like where we were 10 years ago like even with like you know school shooters and like other like just types of crime in general how like the faces would always be plastered over tv and now it's just kind of like they don't really do that as much like with Mm -hmm. like a lot of cases like that you have to kind of go and look Mm -hmm. like you know really dig not really dig but like you know you have to kind of look for it to like find it um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean it still happens but like it feels like us as like a culture like we've gotten better about like you know okay let's not give these like dirt bags the airtime yeah they're 15 minutes of 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 fame um which i feel like is very important Mm -hmm. um but then at the same time it's like the the one thing that like i've always loved that like true crime is done whether it's like the podcast or like documentaries is like showing how much of a failure like the police departments are in these Mm -hmm. different areas Mm -hmm. um showing like the racial biases that they have like these the sexist biases where it's like oh well she's a good looking girl so whatever happened to her you know it's her own fault or like oh or like even just like the idea of like if you know an adult that goes missing there's really nothing that you can do like you know Mm -hmm. once they turn 18 that's it like you know you can't go really report somebody missing um within like you know it was like 24 or 48 hours or something like Mm -hmm. that depending on where you are and that by that time they could be dead exactly and you know they always talk about like in true crime and like you know in tv shows and documentaries how like vital the first 48 hours are to like being able to solve a crime Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. i don't know it's just it's so weird to me it's yeah it's so weird but like at the same time you know i'm listening to like two or three different you know true crime podcasts and like adding in like different true crime documentaries onto like my watch list it's like there's something that's just like insatiable about Mm -hmm. it that like mm-hmm. keeps you like wanting to like dig deeper into like the darkness of like oh okay how could somebody do this like you, mm-hmm. know, you know we're all still humans like so how could another human being do some shit like this right but i think it's just like that morbid curiosity mm-hmm. that a lot of people just kind of sort of have yeah for sure like and kind of going to like the true podcast and everything there's like so many people reporting on you know true crime you know like there's a, a person that we both kind of follow I think her name is Bailey Sarian she yeah. you know she does like the makeup and mystery makeup murder mystery type thing and you know her videos are like 10 to 15 minutes long and she's you know literally doing her makeup while telling true crime stories and it's like I can sit you know or like lie in bed watching like two or three of those you know videos of like these these true crime stories about you know whether it's a woman who is um helping uh what's uh aqua tufana I think there's one where this woman uses um 
sells like these perfumes, but really it's like poison that women can use to, mm. um, to murder their husbands basically. Or yeah, it's just like, it's, I think it kind of goes to like, like you said, where it's just like, we're all human beings. How can somebody be that evil, you know? Um, or like what makes them, you know, what makes them tick, you know? And there's um, even like on, on Netflix, the, the one that I can think of the most is um, uh, Betty, uh, the one I watched, it, it, on Dear John series, but right. there, was the, there was the other, a woman there too, of like, uh, you know, who killed her, her husband or ex-husband and his, his new wife and stuff. But yeah, I think that just kind of goes into like the human psyche. Yeah. You know? So, but yeah, true crime in general is just like so interesting. Like, just the idea that that's like the one aspect of just like, of just the, cr- I don't know, just it's, it, it, it sounds like absurd for us to like have an entire genre. Like, when you mm-hmm. sort of like zoom out from it to have this entire genre of like entertainment that centers mm-hmm. around bad things happening to real people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, I've kind of gotten away from like over the past few months, like with us having been in this pandemic for so long, like prior to this, like I was really into like a lot of true crime. Like, like I said, I listened to like, used to listen to like three different true crime podcasts throughout a week. Um, and now it's like, I've like really pulled back where it's like, I have to be like in a mental headspace to be able to like, listen mm-hmm. to it and then even then i'm reading through the descriptions to make sure there's like nothing that i'm like okay yeah that's way too dark for me like i can't listen to that mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah it's it's uh it's interesting and it, it feels like it's only gotten bigger especially like you know we kind of got to see it in real time with like the gabby petito case mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. happened a few months ago which like i'm not even sure if like anything's happened with that i haven't heard anything yeah i haven't heard any updates yeah did they end up finding him his body or they haven't they have okay yeah they found like his stuff they found his body shortly after and then i want to say somewhere i think i read that they like he admitted it somewhere that he had something to do with her dying wow and so i mean which we already knew i don't think anybody was shocked by that information i didn't laugh about it but right um i think for me like i'm really i'm probably opposite of like my two um co-hosts here like i really don't care about true crime (laughs) at all um and i think that's just because like i guess for me like especially given like even talking about like bad stuff that like happens in history with students in the past like everyone's like how could anyone do that how could it and i'm just like I don't know I get maybe this is scary like maybe it's like I should look at my own mental health but like when people see like evil people doing stuff I'm like I get how they could get to that point like it doesn't it's not so far for removed for me of like how could just any human do something like this I'm like you push humans far enough they're gonna do some messed up stuff like mm-hmm. and I, usually mm-hmm. like given these people's backgrounds I'm like and don't get me wrong like sometimes it's like you could have the nicest person with the nicest upbringing with the nicest whatever and they're still doing some really messed up stuff but I was just like, yeah, humans have a lot of capacities in them. And one of those capacities is for doing really messed up stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> so it just doesn't, I guess it doesn't like, I know some people it's like entertaining and it gives them like novelty, which I think that's a lot of it is just like the novelty of like, oh my gosh, how could a person do this? And like, how's, you know, how'd they go about 
getting this way or like what was going on in their brain and like the inside of it and I'm just like I don't really need to explore that explore that like personally um just because I'm like yeah like people will like if again if you push humans far enough they will do some messed up stuff and like they don't have to necessarily be this like special person Mm -hmm. to just like have that capacity for doing something that bad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah you're very right Mm -hmm. and it's just like as a viewer you're right like how do you play into this whole true crime thing you know of um you know its popularity or like engaging in something that is you know quite morbid right Um, but Mm -hmm. i don't know I don't know the uh, the the right or wrong answer to that because that's like a very like deep ethical question, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because like even with like the Gabby Petito case, like one of the good thing, you know, I hate to say the word good thing, but like one of the good things that came out about this was that like I think what was it like a dozen or two bodies were discovered um, during Sorry, the search for her. like different people that like the police had just not who is checking these national parks or these whatever parks were like why do bodies always i mean i get it's a big area and like they have to look at stuff but i'm like every time they're like oh we're searching for these like even with ted bundy i think that was the thing they were searching for bodies like oh we found all these other ones too i'm like y'all not doing a good enough job monitoring these like big state park national park areas like Mm -hmm. why is it just like dumping ground for bodies all the time yeah why why and why does it just seem so easy like mm-hmm. you know kind of like all the other crimes that we talked about tonight i mean well today um just they they just make it seem so easy mm-hmm. um to just get away with it um especially like nobody sees body bags right mm-hmm. i mean and just like highlighting the incompetencies of you know police departments or you know whatever gaps that they may have even within the gabby petito case like why was uh her boyfriend allowed to like why didn't they arrest him or why didn't they question him why didn't they keep an eye on him while he was at his you know parents house they should have had that like serviled yeah they thought i read this because i was interested in it just because it was like yeah like how did the like y'all were following him how did he get away they at one point like started following his mom who they thought was him like I guess like they had had like a similar haircut feature out whatever and so they were following the mom and that's when he snuck away and I'm like how did you confuse a whole woman for a whole man Mm -hmm. yeah and then an older woman versus a young man you know right and you didn't even know until it was like he was already long gone like make it make sense it was something about like also like she took his car and all that other stuff and i'm like also somebody to be holding them parent them parents accountable because i was like that sounds like a setup yeah like oh the mom was like let me take his car and do this and do th- mm. mm-hmm. i agree no a lot no. of it sounded very set up ish yeah on top of the fact that like and I, this is not because obviously it's sad when anybody like goes missing and gets murdered but i was like this blonde white girl is missing and within a day it's like she's across plastered across the country yeah but it's like you Everybody's have women of man. women of color especially indigenous women who go missing and have been missing for years like decades and we don't know any of them mm-hmm. yeah. yeah there's 
they called it that phenomenon something i can't think of the term uh, um, the miss what was it uh missing oh, god i know exactly what you're talking about because the lady said it on national tv mm-hmm. um, like missing white girl syndrome or something like that or yes missing white woman syndrome there yeah. yes. mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean because it's it's sad how true it is like because like there's this the the most prolific serial killer in america as far as we know was i think it just came out like a few years ago was a black man and the reason why he was able to get away with killing i think was almost 100 women was because they were all women of color like as far as i know he didn't kill a single white woman and this was back in like the 70s or something like that and the guy when they arrested him he's like he's down there on fucking death's door so it's just like the fact that like so blatantly somebody could get away with that mm-hmm. for so mm-hmm. long and you know long enough to have retired out of it is absurd like yeah. it's sad and it's just like what's the what's the point of like you know paying taxes for like you know police protection and shit like that if it's become clear and clear every day that like you know oh you know they're only here to like protect people that look a certain way and they have a certain amount of money mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. or clouts or you know uh some type of you know leverage yeah um yeah and i like i think that's like a common thing when it when it comes to you know murders murderers and stuff they'll tend to you know go towards go for the people that you know quote unquote won't be missed you know yeah. whether it's you know homeless people i remember a story from that bailey girl of uh i think he was a russian man who was you know befriending homeless people who were playing chess you know in the park or whatever and like after they played chess he would go and like strangle them and like just dump them in the ditch in the in the park like he, i mean the, the the dead bodies were in the park you know and he was able to you know kill you know dozens of of people but because nobody was looking for them because nobody quote unquote you know cared that they were missing he was able to you know murder you know tons and tons of people um and that that seems to be the you know you know that that happens across the board there you know when it comes to to serial killers yeah um but yeah it's um i mean when we talk about you know police reform i just it's i don't know if we're any closer to getting you know getting better yeah um but um but there'll be a true crime story about it i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um any uh any last words guys got nothing yeah but uh you know Hopefully you guys enjoyed our uh, first like little true crime uh, podcast episode. And, you know, if there's any other topics that you want us to cover, please email us at minoritytimepodcast at gmail.com. That is once again, minoritytimepodcast at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, I guess we'll, we'll sign off. Um, Signing off is Nerdboy IV. Saucy Sally. Okay, thanks. Thank you for listening to Minority Time. Please share and comment and like. I don't know how, how you comment, but you know, follow us on Instagram, everywhere. And thank you guys so much for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>